What are we discussing on today's podcast, you ask? Well, we got to discuss what's wrong with the D-backs. Should the D-backs trade for Shohei Otani? And part two with Sully Baseball giving my favorite Shohei Otani conspiracy. All on today's Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked on Diamondbacks. Your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there to see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle, and of course, thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks, your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. One of those platforms is YouTube. So please hit subscribe to the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. And today's episode is actually brought to you by, by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Locked on MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And let me just apologize to the YouTube audience because I am currently back at home in New Jersey in the house I grew up in, and the Wi-Fi is not the best, so the audio should be fine on the YouTube video. But I know the quality of the video itself is terrible, probably choppy. You could probably barely see me. It's probably better off just listening to the audio version. But for any of the YouTubers who are trying to watch this video, the audio will at least be crisp. But the video, uh, not so much. But let's get into the podcast. And let's first start with some negativity with this podcast before we jump into a whole bunch of Otani discussion, segment two and segment three. First, I want to discuss what's been wrong with the D-backs. What's wrong with the D-backs? And is it time to panic because my overall take right now with how I feel about the D-backs with what I've seen from the last 25 games, I'm not ready to panic just yet, but I think it is time to be concerned and things need to change. The D-backs, just what, a few days prior to the All-Star break were in first place by a couple games, felt really strong. There was no team in the NLS they felt better about than the D-backs at the time. And now you look at the standings and with the D-backs having their day off, they are in third place behind both the Dodgers and the Giants and just starting to spiral a little bit down the standings. And one of the saddest things about this D-backs last 20 games or so, like specifically what we just saw in their most recent series against the Blue Jays, they were swept in that series against the Blue Jays. And the D-backs didn't get swept this season until they played the New York Mets, which, guys, wasn't that long ago. It was only 
two series prior to this one against Toronto. So that means the D-backs, after not getting swept all season until they played the New York Mets, in two of their last three series, the D-backs have now been swept. Since June 13th, the D-backs are 11-17 and for the people listening. That is six games below 500. And during that time, the D-backs offense has not been good. Since June 13th, the D-backs are 20th in batting average at 239 average. 18th in on-base percentage at 316 and 24th in slugging percentage during that time as well and some of their most notable players in their lineup have been struggling during that time as well the carols excuse me not the carols the Ketel martes the christian walkers have still been good in their last 28 games i still think they have like above 900 ops during that time but you look at some other notable D-backs players during that time, Geraldo Perdomo, right? The D-backs all-star who come into the year I thought was no more than a backup shortstop turned into an all-star this season. Well, over his last like 28 games or so since June 13th, his OPS 706. Corbin Carroll, the man who a lot of people, if you look at some of those MLB.com surveys from the first half, some people think he's the third most viable player if you had to cast your vote today. He's got a 671 OPS since June 13th. And Lords Gurriel, the third all-star from this D-back squad, his OPS since mid-June 656. Those three players who... Perdomo is probably the most clutch player on this D-backs team. Corbin Carroll was the most dynamic. And then Gurriel brought the most excitement and spunk. And those three players struggling at the plate has really bled into this D-backs offense overall. And if you look at the D-backs since June 23rd against 500 teams, they just have not been good. And we're actually going to sit here and go through the schedule together since June 23rd. Because you start off against the San Francisco Giants. Hold on. This is not the schedule I need. That was the batting game log. I want to look at my wins and losses. Okay, let's do this again. Since June 23rd, starting with the San Francisco Giants, the D-backs lose two out of three. Up next is the Tampa Bay Rays, where the D-backs lose two out of three. Next is the Angels. D-backs take two out of three there. Then you play the Mets. You get swept. You take two out of three against the Pirates. And then you get swept against the Blue Jays again. So, Giants, Rays, Mets, Blue Jays, all above 500 since June 23rd. Four teams. You only get two wins. That is not good enough if you're the D-backs. We just talked about the lineup. Um, overall, I mean, the offense, if you look at it over the last 28 games compared to the two months prior, just hasn't been good. I mean, the D-backs, I mean, I don't have to get more into the D-backs offensive numbers. I just told you since June 13th how bad they've been. But how we talk about the pitching a little bit? Because when you look at that Toronto series, like the bullpen was, was really bad. It was like, what, a 2-2 game in game one before the bullpen came in and mucked it up. It was like a 3-2 game when Zach Allen left. Like the bullpen was not able to keep it close at all during that Toronto series. And just both of the both the bullpen and the starting rotation the last couple months, when one is good, the other struggles. And it's very frustrating to look at. And I actually have some stats here to support it. And it's kind of weird. Like if you look at the D-backs, uh, let me find their ERA. Okay, if you look at the D-backs, May ERA for games started, the D-backs had a 4.1 ERA, but their May ERA for games relieved was 3.54. The D-backs June ERA 
for game started. 4.96, but the D-backs June ERA for games relieved, 3.8. But then the D-backs July ERA for games started was 4.21, but then their bullpen ERA for July was 5.4. So when the D-backs rotation is pitching fine, or when the D-backs rotation is struggling, the bullpen is good. And then when the bullpen is struggling, the D-backs rotation is not good enough. And for the most part, I mean, 3.5 ERA from the bullpen in May, 3.8 ERA for the bullpen June. The bullpen's been fine. It's really been that ninth inning. The rotation needs to be a little bit better outside the Merrill Kellys and the Zach Gowns, of course. But you just don't get synchronicity, right, with those two. You never get the 3.7 ERA bullpen and the 3.9 rotation ERA at the same time when the, you get this uh, D-back squad together. It's either one phase of it is pitching well while the other phase of the pitching staff is pitching poorly and we just need to get that synchronicity with this D-backs offense picking it up with their bats coming alive not enough runners in scoring position over the last 20 games not enough chaos on the bases the D-backs need to get back to playing a little small ball and there's also you know some people have had some concerns with the lineup construction as well with the catcher situation like why when Moreno goes off in game one do you sit him the next two games for Carson Kelly Jake McCarthy when he gets picked off, why do you put him back there the next game? I mean, listen, if Corbin Carroll got picked off, you don't think Tory Lavelle is putting him in the next game? That one's a little ridiculous. I get the whole catcher situation. If you're upset with Kelly playing over Moreno, sure, but I'm not going to be upset if Tory Lavelle wants to put Jake McCarthy back out there after making a mistake the day prior because I still think Jake McCarthy is one of the better offensive players and more important players that the D-backs have, but they have to get just better overall. They've just been sloppy. It's not really about the fact that should he play McCarthy the next day or should he not when McCarthy makes a mistake. The overall issue is the D-backs are making too many mental errors out there. Ketel Marte, defensive errors, the Jake McCarthy's getting picked off, not being smart on the bases like the D-backs were such a high IQ team at the beginning of the season and over the last 20 games, we we just haven't seen it. The deadline is around the corner. I think the D-backs still have some big needs with a ninth inning guy, mid-rotation starter, getting some left side help for the infield because I just don't think you could survive a whole season with Perdomo, Nick Ahmed, Manny Rivera, Josh Rojas providing you no power on the left side. And I think you probably want a more stable guy over there. Of course, Evan Longoria is providing some pop. But I would like at least one more guy on the left side of the infield. And for the D-backs, it's not going to get any easier. Coming up, you got the Atlanta Braves next, who is arguably the best team in Major League Baseball. So the D-backs need to turn it around. They need to start playing better offensively, pitching, and they have to do it just because they're starting to spiral down the standings, right? So you want to see it, uh, the D-backs start to turn it around a little bit and build a little momentum. And baseball is weird. It's like they could go into Atlanta, maybe take two out of three potentially. The D-backs still have a ton of talent. And with the D-backs talking about urgency, we'll see if Mike Hazen and this front office put their money where their mouth is when it comes to urgency and making sure you put this team in the best position to do some real damage in the postseason because as it currently stands, I don't think we should panic as D-backs fans, but it's definitely time to be concerned and some things need to change. Now, I want to talk to you guys about 
whether or not the D-backs should trade for Shohei Otani. But before we get there, I first need to talk to you guys about game time because buying tickets shouldn't be stressful. And that's why I use the game time app because it's the best place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And don't forget to catch every D backs pitch on their hometown broadcast when you download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into the Dimebacks podcast and discuss, should the D-backs trade for Shohei Otani? Because it sounds like the LA Angels are listening to offers for Otani. And I just saw a tweet as I was recording this podcast that Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, does not want to trade him to the Dodgers. So maybe they'll trade him to another NL West team in the Arizona Dimebacks. Now, guys, before we get into this discussion, I just want to say, Objectively, I don't think the D-backs are going to trade for Otani, and I would probably put the percentage at the D-backs getting Otani like less than 1%. I don't think it's possible, but let's dive into the realm of fantasy. Let's talk about the unthinkable. Always expect the unexpected, right? That's the old cliche that people say, and let's discuss what it would look like if the D-backs actually want to trade for Otani and why they should do it because, listen, personally, do I think it will happen? No, but I do want the D-backs to trade for Otani, but it's only if you get a little assurance that he's re-signing with the team, and for the D-backs, you have to be willing to pay him, right? You have to know Otani doesn't mind staying in Arizona the next decade plus, and for the D-backs, you have to be okay giving him $500 million over like a 10-year period, right? It's going to be expensive, it's going to be long-term, but you're getting the best player in baseball, so both sides have to know that going in. And listen, you could say, he's under contract. How are you going to make sure you're getting an assurance from Shohei Otani? Listen, listen, there's this little thing called, God, what is it called? I, the word is on the tip of my tongue. When you talk to free agents before they're even signed, God, I, should I just look it up? I'm going to type in illegal talking to free agents on google because this is a specific term that i can't tampering i had to google it real quick yes tampering happens in all sports so if you believe 
the D-backs wouldn't tamper a little bit and just ask, hey, Scott Boris or whoever Otani's agent is, oh, do you think he would want to stay in Arizona long term if we give him the most money he's ever seen in his life? Generational wealth, able to put his kids and his kids' kids and his kids' kids and his kids' kids through college? Then yeah, parents get the biggest house in the hometown city that they live in? Sure. At that point, I think Otani would be happy with the desert. Like, you could definitely tamper a little bit if you're the Arizona Dimebacks and really figure out if Otani would even want to come to the desert. So, if that's possible, if Otani's willing to come here and the D-backs are willing to pay him a long-term money, then yes, the D-backs should make the deal happen. Now, if the D-backs were to make the trade happen, who is available for, for trade? Well, on the major league level, I believe everyone but Corbin Carroll and Zach Allen should be available. And listen, personally, not personally, realistically, when you look at these um, trades for MLB stars, you rarely trade real major leaguers in the deal. And if you do, it's because of salary dump reasons. It's very hard to see a superstar trade like, I don't know, like a Nolan Arenado or Mookie Betts, and you actually get back like a, a true young player in their prime, not making a ton of money. Like the idea that you would get a Carroll back in a trade for Otani is probably not realistic. If Carroll was a prospect, then yes, but this version of Carroll is probably not going to be traded for Shohei Otani. So I would say everyone... On this D-back squad, but Carroll and Gallon should be traded for Shohei Otani, but I don't think a guy like Keto Marte would be thrown in to a package for Otani. You just don't really see that kind of stuff happen in Major League Baseball. And when you look at the minors, uh, for the price tag there, I think it should be everyone realistically, like literally everyone. I would give up two blue chippers like a Lawler and a Jones or a Lawler and Ivan Melendez or like a Fat and Jones plus three to four other top 30-ish prospects. So I would give up like five to seven dudes overall, like basically slightly more than what the Padres gave up for Juan Soto because I think that's probably the correct return. Like when you look at basketball, like you usually get back one or two young players plus all the chips you have, all the draft picks you have. And so for baseball, you probably should get back a ton of a high-ranking prospects if you're getting back Shohei Otani. Um, and so I wouldn't be upset at all if the D-backs want to trade a Drew Jones and a Jordan Lawler in a deal for Shohei Otani. I think at this point last year, I would have traded a Corbin Carroll too. Now, I wouldn't trade Corbin Carroll right now because he's shown me he's an MVP player already. He's shown me his potential, his ceiling, and Corbin Carroll as a rookie is already one of the faces of Major League Baseball, already one of the best players in the game. So I think it would be crazy to put him in a deal because after graduating from a prospect, I see how good he is, and I think he's probably too valuable to even be an Otani deal. So you could use that logic and apply it to like a Jordan Lawler and a Drew Jones and say, listen, with that same logic, I'm not going to trade my blue chippers and Lawler and Jones because in a year... Jordan Lawler could be another multi-time all-star, future Hall of Famer looking player on the major league level. And if that happens, then you wouldn't trade him for Otani either based on your logic. And that is true because, listen, 
as long as Jordan Lawler and the Drew Jones are prospects, I'm more likely to trade them because there's still volatility with a prospect. I still haven't seen them on the major league level. Yes, they can hit their ceiling and be superstar players, but until I see that, I'm okay trading away a prospect. Once you graduate and make it to the major league level, then I think it's totally different. Like, let's throw out a crazy hypothetical where we do this same charade next year. Otani somehow signs a one-year deal with the Angels. We call up Jordan Lawler in the second half of the season, give him a cup of coffee, and then he explodes in the first half next year. And then at the deadline, the Angels suck again. Guess what? Then at that point, I'm not trading Lawler in an Otani deal either because now I get to see okay, Jordan Lawler potentially could be a multi-time all-star. At that point, I think he'd be too valuable to trade in an Otani deal. But while he's still a prospect, I do not mind doing it. And plus, even if you traded the Lawlers and the Jones of the world, the D-backs still have great depth pieces and pieces to still be excited about even after those guys, right? Maybe a Canzone is not moved or Blaze Alexander or Delos Santos or Blake Walston. Like, there's still so many other guys the D-backs could still be excited about if you traded away some of your top-tier prospects in the Otani package. And also, I think you're also going to forget about those prospects. I think you're going to forget about those prospects that got moved once you bring in and Otani. Once Otani's in the uniform wearing that Sedona red, because listen, the color scheme isn't too far off from what he's currently wearing with the Los Angeles Angels. It's still a variation of red. So once you get Otani in the uniform, once you get him crushing balls at the plate, whizzing in pitches on the mound, you're not even going to think about who the D-backs gave up. And also just think about the construction of your team now. Your playoff rotation this season, at least, is Zach Gallen. Shohei Otani, and then Merrill Kelly is your one, two, three. That's nasty. Tommy Henry is your number four. It's not too bad. And then your lineup will consist of maybe Marte leading off, Carroll, two, Otani, three, Walker, Gurriel. As your top five, that's nasty. Mixed in with maybe McCarthy's hot or Moreno's hot. Maybe Evan Longoria's hot. Maybe Domo's back to coming through or under the scoring position. Like the D-backs will have options there and if you really are concerned about the price tag for Shohei Otani like the D-backs books as it currently stands going forward are pretty clean like you're paying Carroll but he's underpaid he's getting like an average of 15 a year for the next like decade Ketel Marte is also getting like 15 a year for the next few years like your books are cheap and clean if you're the D-backs and don't forget you could always use free agency to supplement any areas of weakness that you're going to use with the Jordan Lawlers of the world World, right like guys if you're looking at third base you want to upgrade that in free agency guys like max muncie and matt chapman are going to be free agents still in the rotation even after you add otani if you want to get really crazy someone like giolito sony gray blake snell michael waka could all be back end rotation guys for you maybe number four starters for you um if you need outfield help, if you want to go upgrade the right field, you know, if you think Jake McCarthy and Alec Thomas are not long-term plans, and you do resign Lords Gurry out at the same time, I mind you. Guys like Jock Peterson and Teoscar Hernandez are going to be out there in the outfield as well next season. So the D-backs can add some bats and free agency. They can add some pitchers as well. And don't forget, Otani's going to clean up two areas of weakness for you once you bring him in the building. He's a generational talent. He will fill Chase field pack it with fans and it would just be so much fun to see the best player and arguably all of sports wearing a d-backs uniform i want that scenario i know it's probably not going to happen i know the chances are less than one percent but the d-backs have the pieces it's a great environment the d-backs 
have one of the best young cores going forward. I think when you think about young cores going forward, the pieces that we could surround that we could surround Shohei Otani with, the environment that he'll be playing in, I think the package back that the Angels will get from the D-backs, I think they would actually make really good trade partners. I think there's a lot of things that make sense on paper why the D-backs should go trade for Shohei Otani. I think it's probably not possible, but is it still I think it's not probable, but is it still possible? Yeah, just very slightly. Now, we'll get into a conversation, part two, with Sully Baseball of Locked On MLB. But first... up here with two quick things first of all um i've been up here and and i've been watching a bunch of giants games with you know my 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 mother my family extended family and and friends of the family here and one of them the brilliant dr uh dolph pfefferbaum was here who's basically a member of our family and wanted to watch the giants game and of course the giants game was on apple tv and he kept flipping back and forth to where the giants normally would be and i said it's on apple tv i said well maybe it's over here i said trust me it's on apple tv well, maybe it's over here. I said, I know this. It's on Apple TV. And he asked, because he's a brilliant man, the question, why is it on Apple TV? I said, Ooh. I don't know. And today it was on Peacock. Therefore, making yeah. the entire Bay Area wondering, where the hell is the game? And look, at, I understand baseball's trying to open up some markets and new revenue. But here's the deal, okay? You're doing that putting it on Peacock, putting it on Apple TV or whatever to attract fans who aren't normally watching baseball. You're subscribed to Apple TV and said, oh, today we got the baseball game on. And you flip over to watch it. What you don't do is alienate the fans you've already got. Like if you have a Patreon account for your podcast, okay, the people who subscribe to the Patreon account are still going to get the free episodes. It's not like I put on the Patreon account but the free episodes are over here. You want to keep them all together. And the one thing you don't want to do, especially since we have 4 billion choices to watch and listen to, is have people say, where is it? I don't know. Fine, I'll watch this. The minute you say, where is it, you've lost. So if the people who are already fans are saying, where is it? That's a bad thing. I know you're trying to find new fans and whether or not this works or not, I'm not, it's, that's outside my pay grade, but never get your diehard fans who are looking forward to the game to say, where is it? And then ask, why is it there? And why do I have to subscribe to something when you already have me as a fan? So I just wanted to yeah, throw that one little plea out there. Keep it in one place. Yeah, and sadly, it's not even like a baseball issue. It's just the way we see with sports and streaming now with Amazon Prime getting the game, YouTube TV getting the game, like you said, Peacock and Apple TV. Like every streaming service just wants a piece of it. And these sports leagues are just going to give it to the highest bidder, whoever wants but, their games. And, and I understand that. I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is also keep it where it usually is. Because you, what you're trying to do there is you're trying to find new oh, Don't fans. make exclusive of what you're saying. Don't make yeah, it, don't don't make don't it make exclusively exclusive. to that. For everyone who's already there, yeah, we're already here. But you're trying to branch out. Okay. But hey, it's also playing on Apple TV. Oh, and, so you, and so someone who may not normally watch a baseball game is like, oh, okay. 
yeah, watch that. But while we're having dinner over the Giants game and we're 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 flipping around like crazy, we put we put it on the radio. We put it on KNBR. We have seven quadrillion devices at this place, and not one of them was playing the Giants game. And uh, think about that. When you have your, your core fans going, where is it? Where? That's a bad thing. Hey, um, I'm going to throw out. Oh, so what you got? Well, I was going to say, can I actually give you my favorite Otani conspiracy of where I would want him to go? Oh, please, please, please. Okay, because I actually want him to stay in the same kind of color scheme, still stay with that red and white, because this is a team that's called a lot of frustrations for both of us, Sully, the last few years. This is a team that has been clearing the books for somebody, right? They couldn't afford the Mookie Betts of the world. They couldn't afford the Xander Bogarts. They've been getting younger with the rookies. They hit on the Yoshidas of the world. Maybe that was the first inclination to bring in Shohei Otani, and maybe this team would just clear the books to bring in a big fish on the payroll maybe it's the boston red sox who want to pair him with rafael devers get the nastiest power lefty duo in the league bring up marcelo mayer because he cannot be included in this package he is the future of the boston red sox at least that's what they're selling and marketing to us you got you need some more rotation help but you get otani in boston with the red and white you get him going against the the green monster peppering that with doubles hitting home runs to right field hitting that pesky pole otani in boston i think would be a lot of fun imagine all those boston people in the accents otani i don't even know how to do a boston accent but them doing the show otani Otani. Otani. i think it'd be phenomenal this is the conspiracy that i've been waiting for get them to boston because they finally got the money to pay him oh they got the money to pay him they've always had the money to pay him um i would love that i would love that I think there's a better chance they'll sign me than Otani. Oh. But uh, I mean, I would lo- look at. It, I would love to be proven wrong. I would love to be proven wrong. I didn't think he was going to sign with the Angels. I thought originally he was going to sign with the Cubs. So, um, yeah, you know, look at. It, I would love that. I still think. Uh, I think. I think. I think he wants to. I think he's going to stay on the West Coast. And I. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. He's going to end up in Dodger blue. But we'll say stays in California. We'll, we'll, doesn't travel that far. Um, let's do our let's do our trivia uh, question for today. Um, we just had the All Star Game, and so it's going to be my last All Star Game question. Uh, but who is the only? What is the only time that the All Star Game manager was the manager of the Montreal Expos? Only once in the history of the All-Star Game did the Montreal Expos manager manage the All-Star team. Who was it and why would the Expos, a team that never won the pennant, have their manager be the All-Star Game manager? I know, uh, Craig and Amy, you're going to be getting it right, and some of you all throw that out there as well. Send your questions at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Miller, where can people follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at careertimes24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks on Twitter, Instagram, or on YouTube, Locked on Dimebacks, of course, on all your streaming platforms. Are we sure Craig and Amy are not just Googling answers and then telling you the answer is Sully Baseball? That's why I want to get them on the show. 
and see if we can do a quiz okay. show with them to see to see how how good they are. By the way, fill out that immaculate grid on uh, baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of planet Earth. I'm having a lot of fun trying to get that uh, rarity number in single digits every day. So I'm pulling stuff out like Stan Pappy with yeah. the Tigers and Red Sox or Don Ossie with the uh, Orioles and Mets. I'm having a blast with that. So uh, we're, we're doing that too. So I saw yours the other day. You had like a six or something, Sully. I was yeah. like, how did, got, how did he get it that low? I'm usually like, well, I got it to three. My lowest is a three. I got a three. So anyway, oh so, so I'm like in the hundreds, I feel like. <laughs> um, and also follows the lockdown MLB pods on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, rejoicing for the injury of Shane Bieber, oddly, and grinding our teeth at the, well, the incompetence around Shohei Otani. This has been a lockdown MLB, lockdown Diamondbacks crossover. He's Miller Thomas. I'm your pal, Sully. Let's fist bump for another. That's it for this edition of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Diamondbacks news coverage and insight. Should be doing a crossover with Javier Reyes of Locked on Padres, so be on the lookout for that. Thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. If you do listen every day, put hashtag every day in the comment section on YouTube. Don't forget to catch every D-backs pitch on their hometown broadcast. We can download the Sirius XM app and search up Diamondbacks. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, doses.